everyone, this is Letty for the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm joined by Joe from Urn. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, slightly tired, but I'm, I'm quite buzzing for the show. We haven't played for about a month, and we haven't practiced either, so... If we are, if we're kind of a little bit loose, that's the reason why. But yeah, it's exciting. A warm up show, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This essentially, we try to do that in sound check. Like, and it's just like get as many songs as we can in, see if we can practice them, and that's what we did. Nice. Uh, so, welcome back to Ireland. Uh, last time you guys were over was for the Siege of Limerick. How are you guys finding Dublin? Yes, yeah, good. I mean, I've been Dublin a lot of times in my life, and I was like coming here early, and I was like, "Oh, my family owns Shopsdale. That's where my granddad was baptized, or whatnot." And they're like, oh, "I couldn't give a shit." They're like from the Philippines and South Africa, and they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "No, that's that's where they kind of were." And yeah, it's nice for me, and it's weird. After all these years of doing music, I've never actually played, I've never played a show in Dublin. I've only played Limerick, which was funny enough, raining as well. And the only thing we seem to have found in Limerick when we did our touristy kind of thing was a statue of Terry Wogan. Um, but yeah, I've been here. I feel bad. Like James, our drummer's never been here before. And today's been a bit miserable. And I was like, I don't want to go out and do touristy stuff. And like, got some friends coming, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool city, but it's nicer when it's not raining. It's nicer when it's sunny. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah much nicer. You'll see it next year. Yeah, well, I bet I have a... But the thing is, it's usually like with places, you know, in like weather-wise, like say in the summer, you kind of turn up and go, you know, it's 90% of it's going to be good. Ireland, I, you, it's, you know, 50-50, you know, so... When the, when the rest of Europe was literally dying of the heat, we yeah. had rain. <laughs> yeah, 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 we, we had rain. We was uh, in tour on tour in uh, Europe for pretty much all of July and it was like ruthless heat and back home it was like we had a month full of like rain and it just didn't stop so uh, but yeah I'm happy to be here that's the main thing <laughs> nice I'm excited to see you tonight anyway you. Uh, for our listeners who maybe haven't heard of you guys before how would you describe your sound? And it, uh, for me I'd just say it's I'd just say it's heavy metal like loads of people try and go oh it's got a bit of this and it's got a bit of that and I'm just like guys it's just metal it's just heavy metal like let's keep it simple because people really want to pigeonhole things and I'm just like oh, whatever I just you know we get compared to I guess Mastodon Crowbar Good Metallica and then, you know come on um, Gajira but I guess Gajira reference is quite easy because like because we're quite close with the guys and you know, there's a few bands, but then we always get something different chucked in. We get like some Alice in Chains stuff because I guess Angus's guitar writing might be a little bit more like what Lane and um, what Jerry Cantrell does. But yeah, we kind of get chucked with everything. But for me, it's easy to say heavy metal. Umbrella term, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cover it all. Uh, so, how did the band start? So myself and Angus were in a band called Hang the Bastard, which we were signed to like Century Media. And um, it was a bit more doomy, sludgy, what have you. And um, we called it a day. And Angus has been, I've been in bands with Angus for like fucking 15 years or something. And I was like, should we give it a year and see what kind of happens, like see what we can do? And that was it, really. We kind of just sat on it for like a year and we started writing. But it was just mates to write music and have fun. And then we recorded our last album. We wasn't signed and then we got signed literally before it come out like we, we finished in the studio and a guy at a label our now label was like can I listen to it and offered us a, a deal after five minutes listening five minutes of an eight minute song you know and um, so yeah and then from that moment we had to take it serious so I'd say we, we formed I think online it's just like 2016 but I think it's like 
essentially like late 2017, like properly, being a proper band. But then, of course, you lose a year and a half because of COVID, and that's fucking done me in. So I always yeah. take a year and a half off if people ask me. I'm like, look what we've done in two and a half years. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, but in the 2017, I think. Nice. Uh, so your new album, A Feast on Sorrow, came out last month. How was the recording process for it? Yeah, pretty pretty surreal. We um, flew over to New York to do it. Um, as, you know, being in the band with my mates, like, and, and not my best mate, to be flying to a, any country, any time to do a show, be what a festival, what have you. But flying to New York to record, you know, in Brooklyn or what have you, was pretty pretty like this is mad and um we recorded with joe from gajira which was mad that and it didn't mad. yeah it didn't feel real well me and angus had met joe once before and our drummer who had only joined the band about seven weeks before and it was just like do you want to play some festivals because uh, we need a drummer and he's like yeah all right and i was like do you want to learn all this music as well he's like yeah God, do you want to come to america so he was like fuck and it didn't feel real until we stand outside the studio and Joe pulls up and I was just like that's that is pretty mad that is pretty mad and it was cool um that like like he's like the nicest guy as well and um I can see why I can see why a lot of people love him <laughs> be it for his uh, charm or be it for how he writes music I fell into that trap as well I was like what a lovely man the French are bloody romantic and he didn't even do anything he just said hello and I was like yeah fucking hell. I don't know if you're flirting here and he's just like, yeah yeah and I was just like I get it now and like we kind of all walk around New York to go and get some lunch and I was like this guy's just got it and he's not he doesn't even know he's just got it because he's just a top person but the process was amazing I think he was there for like 18 days and on the way back James had left after like 8 days and me and Angus finished the whole thing and we were flying back and Angus was watching whatever film on the fucking plane and I was just sat there like didn't listen to music didn't watch anything and I was just like didn't that really fucking happen and I was there for like seven hours on the plane I was just and I was just watching Angus watch a film it felt like I was having like a weird out of body experience and I was just staring at him watching it and I was like then I got off in London and it was just felt weird and chaotic and I was like oh, that's so depressing but it was amazing. And we had a couple of days of let's pretend to be American, did the fucking NFL and did the touristy stuff and drunk a lot of beer and ate a lot of shit food and I loved it. How does the McDonald's compare? Oh, it's the one thing we never fucking had. Yeah, it was like weird. And it was like one day walking through New York and it's like, there's a McDonald's. And I was like, yeah, let's get further into wherever and we're fine. And it was like weird. It was like, they just weren't there. But it, I mean, we found what, it was weird the first week we behaved food wise James is a bit more of a fitness freak than us uh, me and Angus and we went shopping in a, a Mexican supermarket and di I didn't kind of realise it was a Mexican supermarket <laughs> until about three times in and I was like well compared to you guys I definitely don't look Mexican um, but it was it was good as gold and then um, James left and then all of a sudden every breakfast we'd go to this one place where they have like egg and cheese fucking things massive coffee and then there was this pizzeria and every fucking night in the last nine days we went there and it was just disastrous and yeah it just kind of went out the window but that's me and Angus are like bad each other's bad food foil like we kind of egg each other on and yeah like if you look at pictures at the start of it to the end of it fucking hell mate yeah yeah that, I had a good time <laughs> so um, so the 11 minute epic A Stumble of Words uh -huh. is a song to be reckoned with like it's so amazing um, is there a story behind it? 
Um, well, the story of the uh, album is um, uh, two of my... I don't have a very big family, but two of my immediate family um, both had dementia. Um, sadly, one of them passed uh, a couple of months ago. And... Uh, cheers. And um, a stumble of words is literally about talking to someone with Alzheimer's dementia. And I literally... It's weird, like, talking... And they're having a conversation. It's just like someone hits a switch. And it's like... Oh, that's, and it's gone. Where does that go? Where does that fault? Where does that meaning? Where's that feeling gone? And it's basically about, for me, it's like the kind of way I describe it is like, can you imagine I just grabbed that from your head and I just pulled it out and just chucked it out into the sky? Where's, it, where's that journey going to finish? Yeah. And that's it. And like, it's almost like that person being taken above. And uh, yeah, so that's what it's about, just watching them like in that moment and then obviously expanding a story around that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what it's on. Very deep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the whole album is. I mean, I. It's been it's been a, a slog. There was times when we were doing a lot of press day to day, and it's like sometimes I was like, "Whoa, this is this is like hard because I'm doing like six seven hours of like this." And it was like one day I've just got I don't know one day I was just talking to this guy about it, like the album doing the press, and it was after a long day talking about it, and I was just like, "Whoa!" And I just got like emotional randomly, and I was like, "Fucking hell! Don't don't post that, mate. Like, do me a favour." Um, but yeah. But it's, um, I don't think I'll ever go in so deep on a, a record yeah. like this again. Like, it's just not good for myself, really. Well, you did a good job on it anyway. Thank you very much. 51 minutes of, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you could collaborate with any musician dead or alive, who would it be a bit more of a light-hearted question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, love to, I'd love to get James Hetfield because I'd want to hear what he could do now with a band that are actually doing stuff instead of what they're doing sadly I mean Rob Trujillo is different Rob Trujillo and Metallica's elite um, I'd love to work with James Hetfield I'd love to see like I'm like man there must be something in there we're not yes men we're not going to tell oh, James that riff in fucking whatever's good because it's not I wouldn't do that I'd be like come on like just close your eyes and pretend you're that guy again um, I'd love to do that um, not to say probably end up coming out sound like fucking shit but that but I mean to be fair I was really lucky the song Becoming the Ocean I got to write like Joe me and Joe wrote the kind of the lyrics and the, the pattern for that song I'd love to go and do a whole record with Joe be like let's we haven't a joking picture where it's um, it was our St. Anger, tri- Anger tribute band and it's us with Joe so like doing a band pose and it's quite funny because he's a lot taller than us so he's like doing the splits to try and get down to the rest of us so if everyone saw the picture he'd be like that um but yeah, I'd love to do a record with Joe, just to hear us with two guitarists, but that guitarist be that guy. But the Hetfield one is, because I feel there's, there's still life in, in there. Yeah, because me and my friend uh, were talking, like we were jamming one of the mm-hmm. days, and we were both Metallica fanboys. <laughs> and he was just like, there's just so much E in there. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's everything on that new album. I'm like, fucking hell. There's, there's a rest of a guitar. And, Lars, why do you have them? What's the point of having the fucking your like fucking front toms? Because you don't do, you don't hit it at all, and it kills me. And it's such a shame. But like, just they've had thirty years live. They, they'd live a different life to any band that's ever going to live. Like, certainly a heavy band. They no one's ever going to have a life like Metallica have. And is there a reason why they're doing it? Do they have people to go? Yeah, that's great, Lars. That. St. Anger's fucking great. Yeah, of course. If they went and sat down with the, like, the, the actual fan going, come on, Lars, you know, you're earning fucking 50 million a year. At least try, you know? But, but they still made... And I always include... When people try to shit on Black Album, I'm like, 
trust me ask any band if you could have the black album every band will go yes because the songwriting ability on that level definitely lift different level like people go oh, kill them all if kill them all's not better than the black album no. <laughs> and the production on the black album is it's the one but people who are like oh blah blah i'm like no trust me ask any band if you could have the black album as your next album yeah why because it's gigantic yeah yeah because uh, as a Metallica fanboy, yeah. I've never listened to Kill 'Em All in full. Yeah. I can't stand a production on it. Mm-hmm. I'll only listen to a live version of it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, when I was kind of growing up, I was just like, whatever, just trying to find. When I mean, it's of that five album run, it's probably my least favorite. But the best moments of it are still killer. But then the stuff like I can't stand Jump in the Fire. I can't fucking it sounds like a fucking game show but then on the other hand like No Remorseful for Horseman but then the, literally a one year later they released Ride the Lightning and it's game over Yeah, for everyone pretty much sure um, so James Hetfield will be your number one yeah Hetfield yeah I'll be like come on <laughs> yeah. and if you get him in the band all of a sudden we're going to be earning a lot more money so um, do you have any favourite album releases of this year so far? I tell you, all three of us, I can, all three of us say the same thing. We was never a fan of his. I say never a fan, not in a bad way. I wasn't a big fan of his previous band, and I knew some hits. But that Phil Vallo album, the one he's released this year, it's like, like Nordic pop soft rock, and it, I, it just makes me feel good. And I wasn't like a him fan. I was like, oh, if it's not fucking heavy enough, if you can't die, listen to it, you know. And, um, but now, like, it's amazing. We played a festival and we met him. Like, our, the guy comes out of those photos with us. He's a massive, like, him fan. I was like, let's go. And, like, you know, there he is. And I was like, fucking hell. All of a sudden, he just seemed really tall. And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, he's fucking Phil Vallow. Like, he's, you know, he's. And he is such a nice guy. When we think, like, he was really cool. And we watched him. The sun was going down. He come out. He played half of the, his album and half of him stuff. And uh, it was it was amazing. We just bought tickets playing the Royal Albert Hall. That album just makes me feel good. It's just, like I say, it's not heavy or anything. It's just... And he he plays every single instrument on the album. And um, that's my favourite. It's more like a soundtrack to life than anything. Yeah, yeah. And we all... Every one of our bands got it. And there's a song in there. And there's a video. What they've done, they've made it look like him when he was younger and him like with like the beanie on a wig on and, fit. and there's something really kind of nostalgic about it but again I can't relate to because I wasn't really a fan I, I liked the hits that were ever shown on whatever TV but that's one of mine um, but on the other hand I really like the cattle decapitation so it's just like you know just uh, that um, but you know that Phil Vallow album's come for me comfortably I fucking love it just yeah nice one um, here's our last question do you have any advice for anyone wanting to start a band in 2023? Uh, as, as someone who it took a long time to get anything happening, uh, man, like, I had so many friends have their success been and gone, and I was like, I've got friends in like fucking bands like You Meet Six, I'm like, fucking hell. But just, just keep, if it's really, really what you want to do, and you can buddy up with someone who has that vision and that, that's what I was lucky with me and Angus just or n- never like I guess never give up until there's a point you know I feel like I was close to that point and things went right but just if just get just get like minded people with you and it's not a race you know you don't have to be the biggest thing this year you, don't, you have to find your way but just get some like minded people on you to spread out 
the weight. For years, I took all the pressure on. But now, there's less. I've been. I've never been in the band with three people before. It's just you know, and we all take different things. Spread the load, but make sure everyone's common goal is the same because otherwise you're wasting your time. And you know, I've been there before. But as well as that, fucking enjoy it. The best time I ever had was when I was like my first ever bands. And it was the innocence before all fucking political shit got in there. Enjoy those moments, them early moments of being in your first band, because that's like for me. That's I still look back on that, and I will I will crack up. But and I'll speak to randomly some of the guys I was in my first band with, and I'll be like, and them stories will never happen again, because then all of a sudden the politics and that. So just enjoy it, enjoy everything you do with like-minded people. That's some really good advice. Ja- Joe, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Yeah, and A Feast on Sorrow is out now. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much.